0: welcome once again everybody to the collar and elbow wrestling podcast i am kenny oak and as always i'm being joined by my co-host chris harris chris it's been a little bit how have you been
1: I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm in a good mood right now because I know that you are in the States. You are two yes. states away from me, sitting in the heart of uh-huh. Texas, and our internet I is am. very clear. The internet is so clear, and we are—this uh, oh. will be probably our most audibly pleasing episode <laughs> ever.
0: <laughs> this might also be the easiest one for you to edit. Right, but the lack yes. of fucking
1: aircraft going over, but we'll yeah. see. Uh,
0: I am I am back in the States just just for a little bit. Uh, I I've been traveling a lot lately. That's why we haven't really uh, put anything out recently. But it, it's good to be in a stable environment for the time being, and it's really good to have some really good internet. This is this is nice. Uh, and usually, I look at the little signal when we're talking, our our signal strength for our conversation, and it's usually teetering on two two to three out of five but right now it's a solid five out of five and i can definitely get down on that
1: and i'd imagine you have a drink in your hand because i
0: think i can hear it
1: in the background
0: Ooh, I yes
1: i do it's and either ice or you're slurping it so one of those two is
0: happening it was it was ice okay and i haven't had a drink in seven months so this this is nice
1: i really like this you might be drunk by 10 minutes into this so we'll see what happens we're really shooting from the hip. <laughs>
0: Yes, and I might be drunk just because of the topic that we're talking about. And uh, that topic that we're talking about today is worst moments in wrestling history. And, you know, that that could really encompass a lot of different topics. But uh, right now, we're just going to, you know, just have a nice, fun conversation about some of the worst moments that we feel happened in the wrestling industry.
1: Right, and I think it was good for us to go into this one not identifying any type of criteria to go after just so we both come in with ideas because I don't know what, what you're going to say. You don't know what I'm going to say j- just because we both, I'm sure, just like everyone else does and all you listening, when you hear the worst moments you might think of something different. You might think of terrible booking. You might think of a shit storyline. You might think of something awful that happened in the ring that was real. So I think it's going to be good that we're going to be able to talk about those things which makes this uh, you know, a real, it's a shoot. Fuck it.
0: Yeah, hell yeah! I mean, we're we're talking about wrestling. We're we're a wrestling, pro wrestling podcast. Let, let's use some fucking wrestling lingo. You know, th- this is this is as shoot as we are going to be, uh, as we've ever been, really, because the topic that we're tackling is such a just a strong emotional topic. You know, yeah. Since since we are just kind of just shooting from the hip here, uh, you know, who, you mind if I go first here?
1: No, no. if you already pre-gamed for it
0: go ahead and hit it Uh, i'm definitely pre-gamed uh beforehand and i i've got a few topics that especially this one that i want to just get out of the way early because when i think of the worst moments in wrestling history this is definitely one that 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 really hits home because this is an incident that happened that took someone that you know had so much more potential to accomplish so much more in his life but died in such a tragic way in the ring. And that, and that's Owen Hart. And, you know, every, everyone knows the story, but, uh, just, which when I think of worst things that happened in wrestling, that's definitely one of the first things that comes to my mind.
1: Oh, exactly. When I thought of the topic that we decided on was worst moments, I instantly think of all the real stuff that happens, like the, the bad stuff. I don't really think of the terrible booking. I think of, I think of some of the real shit that happened. and, his, his death was so, I guess, obviously unexpected, but so real that, I mean, it affected a lot of people, and even to this day, people still talk about it.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things that, uh, another thing that sucks about the situation is that we still haven't seen Owen Hart in the Hall of Fame, in the WWE Hall of Fame. Um, you hear a lot of, you know, a lot of the talk that about that is that, you know, his wife doesn't want anything to do with the wwe doesn't want them to use any of his likeness that's why there hasn't been any kind of owen hart you know memorial dvds you know we love you know wwe does the best job making documentaries about past wrestlers uh both you know who are living and posthumously uh, making these documentaries about them and they do such a fantastic job and i think getting something a story like that about owen hart uh, just learning about who he was and because you hear all these great stories about him, how he was you know so much fun backstage. He, he loved playing pranks on on everybody and he was just a fun-loving guy and you know you, you'd probably get some really good stories, just heartwarming stories about the guy but unfortunately it's just such a toxic situation between that family and the WWE uh, that, that we just we haven't gotten that and we probably won't get it for a while.
1: Well, right. I think it's going to be quite a while, but um, it has to—the the legal situation between the WWE and Vince and the Hart family—that all has to go away and be and be away for a while to not bring any type of negative publicity against the WWE and Vince, because that's what Vince doesn't want. He can't have, even though he has negative publicity all the time. He doesn't want that specific situation coming up again, because it reminds people, I think, of his decision that night. And that's something I wanted to ask you. Right when you brought this up, was when I started researching, I just putting into Google, Google the worst things that ever happened in wrestling, one of the most common things that came up was Owen Hart's death, but the fact that Vince decided to continue the show after his death, because it happened in the middle of the right. card at the Over the Edge pay That's a very view. good point. So some people thought that it was one of the worst decisions ever, and possibly the, the the worst decision of all time. I wanted to ask you if you actually think the same way of that.
0: And that's a, that's a very good question, and a very good point that you brought up. Uh, The fact that, you know, the show did continue after that. And and this happened, you know, kind of early on to the mid part of the card. Uh, You know, there was a backstage segment that they replayed a second time after it happened because they played the played the lead up video. Mm -hmm. And then that was supposed to be they were going to cut to the ring and, you know, Owen was going to be coming down. You know, he was doing his blue blazer gimmick. Uh, but instead of cutting back to the ring, they played the same segment again, and then, you know, you really don't think much of it, other than it being some kind of, you know, technical, you know, issue. But then, you know, you get Jim Ross. They they, they panned to Jim Ross, and you know he's he's telling you, you know, something really terrible happened. Yeah. And you know, you're like, oh my God, what what could have happened? And I, I know at the time I didn't actually watch it live, but I remember going to school that next day mm-hmm. and my friends being like, wow, did, did you hear about Owen Hart? And I was like, what, what are you talking about? It's like he died last night. And, you know, He fell fell into the ring from the roof. I was like, yeah, you guys are – no, that makes no sense. And that sounds that ridiculous happens. when you say it like that, yes. right? Yes. And then, sure enough, that that night on Raw, there was there was a memorial for it. Yeah. And I was like, oh my, oh my God, that really happened. But going back to you know, you're yeah. going back to what you brought up about uh, whether they should have continued the show or stopped it. That's just you. It, it's hard to make that decision because you you have to think. You know, there's the old adage that you know he would have wanted, you know, so and so would have wanted the show to go on. You know, the only person who would know that would be, you know, other, other heart family members. But at this Mm -hmm. time, Brett was gone.
1: Yeah, he was the only one.
0: Owen, Owen was the only one left. So it's really one of those things where you just—it's impossible to know what the right answer was at that point. Yeah, I
1: I think Vince was in a situation where, and I don't know this, and I don't know if they knew it at the time. They say now that when they were wheeling. Owen Hart back when they had him on the gurney willing him back that they knew he was dead at the time but I don't think Vince could have known that like let's be realistic like he had to make a, a split second decision with a limited amount of information about what's really happening in the ring and what's happening with Owen whether or not he's seriously injured which he obviously was or he was actually dead so I don't know any of those specific details but to say that he absolutely 100% knew that Owen Hart had died and he chose to to not think about that and continue on with the show, I think, is a bit, a bit brash to say. Because yeah,
0: it, it's definitely a drastic leap in logic to go with Right. that he somehow is tarnishing uh, Owen's legacy by continuing on with the show, as, and he somehow is spitting on the family's name for not right. stopping it, or or because you know. Vince you know Owens is Owen is someone that Vince always loved and cared about from everything that you know I've looked up and, and researched and have you know heard from interviews so I, I definitely don't think that that's something that you know he was thinking is that I'm going to really show them by continuing on with the show and making it look like Owen didn't mean that much to me
1: right and there's no way that he could have known absolutely everything, and to, if he did, then it maybe it, it definitely would fall in the category, of probably the worst decision ever, and the most like disgusting decision ever. But I mean, he's a business guy. He had a, a decision to make. He had a, a card to fill, and he would have had to pay back millions of dollars. So he didn't. I mean, he. I'm sure. I'm sure he weighed it in his head. You know, pros and cons. But he had to make a quick decision, and he may have made the wrong one. But regardless, he make <clears> a decision. So you can't put a lot of weight on that. Saying it was good or bad because he had to make a hasty decision.
0: And you know, it kind of sucks to you know think about it from a business perspective. But you know, you know, thinking about it from a business perspective, yes, they would have to, they would have had to pay back millions just in uh, gate tickets, uh, millions in pay per view buys, yeah. Uh, and they were going, they they were in the thick of the Monday Night War at the time. Right. So that it's really. You know, it, it sucks to you know think this way, but you know, had they you know had to spend all that money, you know they, we, it could be a very different story. But we're talking about a man's life here, and just the thing, the thing that happened to him is just like he he fell from the rafters. That's that's not a that's not jumping off of a twenty foot ladder. Yeah, you know that that's falling from. You know, there's almost no way you survive that, and you know, then you th- you start thinking about whose decision was it to actually do that, and should you know, should he have even been up there, right, in the first place? But so, hindsight's
1: hindsight's 2020, so you can't go back and say, "Oh, that was an awful decision; they shouldn't have done it," because they'd probably we rehearsed spend, it.
0: But exactly, and we, and we could spend hours, you know, talking about it, because there there's all kinds of stories that you know. Even Shawn Michaels said it whenever he was preparing for uh, WrestleMania in '96 when he beat Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was coming down from the rafters, he was like, "You know, Vince wouldn't do wouldn't have you do anything he wouldn't do." Mm-hmm. So. Like like, you said, we could we could definitely talk about this for hours, You know, this one thing alone. But yeah, this is definitely one of those moments that when you think of worst wrestling moments, that's one of the top ones that instantly should come to your head.
1: That's a good one to lead off with because I mean, both of us really liked Owen Hart. I didn't care for the Blue Blazer gimmick. I thought it was oh, going no. absolutely nowhere. But the guy who had a stellar career and some amazing matches, especially with his brother, Oh, absolutely! It's just really sad, but hopefully it gets cleared up. I'd love to see him in the Hall of Fame. He's a he's a headliner, I think, even though he never won a a world title. But
0: I would love to see him in the Hall of Fame, and I would love to finally get that definitive Owen Hart WWE documentary. I would buy the shit instantly. Oh yeah, absolutely! I wouldn't even wait for it to come on the network. No, I I would go out and buy it on Blu-ray.
1: Good leadoff, though. I like that, Bubs.
0: Thank you, thank you. Uh, it's it's just something I'm very passionate about. He was definitely one of those people in my childhood that I definitely looked up to. I was a huge Hart family uh, fan as a kid.
1: Well, I'm going to transition into something a little different from uh, the sadness of uh, of an okay. individual. I'm going to go to a, I'm going to go ahead and take a booking decision here, and I'm going to highlight what I think is Vince Russo's worst booking decision ever. Cool, good and, luck with that. And was the, yeah right? There's, uh, there's a million. There's the so many. But uh, this one is the one I think, and a lot of people actually think, and I hated seeing this when I was actually watching WCW, was, uh, was David Arquette winning the world title. How does now, that make you feel right
0: now? Okay, I, I've, got, I've got another question for you. Mm. Is that winning, it, booking David Arquette to win the world heavyweight title, is that as bad as Vince Russo's decision to book himself beating Goldberg for the World Heavyweight title. That one is just
1: as bad, maybe. But okay. I think this one started the true downfall of, right. of WCW. Absolutely. This was early 2000s. I think April, maybe. April or May, some shit, of 2000 when uh, the Ready to, Ready to Rumble movie, that's what it was. Yes. They were filming that, and David Arquette was all up in WCW. and He didn't want to be. He, he did
0: not want this... No.
1: He did this not want response? it because he's, he's a wrestling fan. Yes. And, uh, but B- um, Bischoff, actually, that <laughs> <I> was mean. <laughs> Russo decided that doing this would give them more publicity. That was the only piece I took away from this that I was like, okay, that's mildly logical. Because David Arquette was, I don't want to use the term, big movie star, but people knew who he was.
0: Oh, he was so, definitely not a a huge star. I wouldn't even call him really a star. He was no. he was a movie actor. But
1: people when you say, people you could say his name and people would go, "Oh, I know who that guy is. He was in this movie." That's the kind of recognition that he had with the average person and probably right. the average wrestling fan. So from that point, I can say, "Okay, maybe Russo, but to actually have him go as far as to to win in a in a in a weird match by itself and to take the title yeah. off of Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett, yeah, by by pinning Bischoff, and then in the end have it be a swerve against Dallas Page. I mean, it's fucking disgusting. It this was when, and I I remember watching this because I was watching WCW 2000 around this time.
0: Yes, so was I. I was deep into WCW. This this
1: and still to this day, when I see the big belt, yeah, I think of Flair. You know, I think of Booker T. I think of Triple H, but I think of fucking David Arquette. And I think, wow, that it just diminishes the that title has just as much, if not more, prestige than the, whatever different variations of the WWE Championship that you want to go back into history and, and compare it to, because that was Flair. It was the first title Flair, Flair held it, and then it went through so many great guys like Sting, and you know, like I said, it made its way to WWE, and all those great guys held it, and then you you put it around the waist of an actor who didn't want yeah, to the, do this.
0: the the World Heavyweight Title. I when I see it and think about it. I always think about it as the the title of opportunity because, you know, when it when it was in the WWE during that from like two thousand six on was really you know, they that was the title, the major title that they put on young, promising people that they thought, you know, one day you are gonna be a star. Yeah. And this is the proof of that, you know, Dolph Ziggler had it, Daniel Bryan had it uh, edge held it many times mm-hmm. that was really the main title edge kept winning over and over and but yeah and then then it clicks in your head you're like you start thinking back who who else has held this title you know you're right rick flair sting uh ricky steamboat yep you know so many amazing athletes and amazing wrestlers and then two names come to mind other than Jeff Jarrett, I can't. I I couldn't give a shit about that guy. Love Jeff Jarrett. Ugh, terrible. Oh. S- slap nuts. Oh, the uh, stroke. Yeah. <laughs> but the two people that always come to my mind are David Arquette and Vince Russo. Yeah. And they go hand in hand in this situation because right. it was Vince Russo's decision to put the belt on David Arquette. Mm-hmm. Now you brought up the business aspect of it. They were filming this movie. Uh, I believe the movie was getting ready to be released. Yeah. And you know he thought in his you know huge ginormous you know brooklyn or wherever brain you know he's from i don't know he sounds like an idiot to me yeah uh, from idiotsville uh he thought you know it'd be a great idea we'd make so much money man Ugh. let's let's put the title man bro on on david Arquette, bro cuz he's in this bro movie that we're making bro <laughs> so many bros yeah, because that's, that's how fucking Vince Russo talks. And that's probably how he thinks, too. In his head, that's what he hears. Is, bro. Man, Love it. bro. Love it. Bro, man. Yeah. But it's, that's that's what you think. And it, it diminished the title so much. And I'm sure so many eyeballs switched at that moment. Because WCW was already heading towards the major decline. But that moment is definitely a moment where you can say that's where the ultimate switch happened.
1: Yep. This is kind of where I, and I remember seeing it, I was like, this isn't, because I watched both brands, and I was real hot for WWE at the time, because this was, The Rock was having fucking great matches. This was Backlash, right? So, yes, which we've talked about, which is, I think, one of the best match finishes of all time. So this was, they were hot at the time, and I was like, I see this, and I'm like, he's a fucking actor. This isn't really entertaining to me. This is kind of stupid. And as a younger kid, I'm like, I don't want to see it around him. Why can't Diamond Dallas Page have it again? I was, you know, I was a Page kid. Oh yeah, so I
0: loved DDP as a kid. Why too. why
1: can't why can't he have it or why can't Booker have it? And I'm like, oh no, this is fucking garbage. And it really started pushing me away from the product. And obviously, the shit didn't last too much longer after this. So, I mean, the seeds may have been already planted for it, already heading downhill, which we're gonna talk about in a future episode. Don't get me wrong, but this was this was a big key moment where I'm like, this isn't this isn't competitive anymore. Let me let me go back to watching The Rock holding the WWF championship.
0: And it was really at that moment where I think I made the switch from WCW to really I at that moment, not only did I I didn't even make the switch to WWE. I just stopped because I was like this is this is absolute garbage. This is making a mockery of a thing that I've loved since Basically, since I was born, I was mm-hmm. a wrestling fan, and I remember I didn't even I didn't even watch that happen. I read it on the internet back back in the dial-up days. Ooh, you know, AOL. had to, had that little page to scroll. It just kept, oh, God. you know, bit by bit, a picture of you know. And then I saw the world title, and I was like, oh, all right, who who has the world title? And I and I saw, I was like, who who the hell is this guy? Right. And then I read about. It, I was like. This is absolute garbage. You know why? Why doesn't DDP have the title? You know, like you said, there's so many other people who should have the title. Hell, as much as I don't like Jeff Jarrett, he at least looks the part. Oh yeah, he can pull it off. Whether or not he's yeah.
1: the best in the ring or is the most chari- charismatic, but great fucking heel, regardless. Yeah, Put
0: absolutely. Put it on somebody legit. And then after that, I was like, I'm just not gonna watch. I, I lost interest. And then the next time I watched wrestling, uh, I-, I had some local kids were talking to me about it. Talking to me about WWF, and I was like, "Well, you know, let me go back and watch WCW." And I, I somehow, some way, caught the final episode of Nitro. It was by complete sheer luck, because I remember I was watching uh, on TNN. I was watching ECW. I was like, "This mm-hmm. shit's garbage."
1: Yep.
0: And then I was like, "Well, let me watch Nitro. I love, I love WCW. Let me see what's going on. It's the last WCW." Oh, Shane McMahon's buying... Like, they had the whole Shane McMahon thing. I was like, yep. this is awesome. I was like, I'm going to start watching WWF now.
1: And you were sold from that point on because yes. that was the only real wrestling product that was putting on... Even the quality is a subjective word, but stuff that you would want to watch and be entertained by, but for two hours, you know?
0: Right, but that whole David Arquette thing just took me completely out of wrestling, period, for yeah. a good... Probably a good year. That's how bad that was.
1: Sad. But uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that because, like I said, we're going to talk about a little history of WCW in a future episode, and that's going to come up because I, I already feel a certain way about it, talking about it now. So I think we should move on before I dive in too much. Yeah,
0: yeah let, let's save that for a later episode, probably sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think that would be a great topic to talk about. But uh, let me go ahead and jump into my next topic, and I'm going to uh, stick with a booking decision. Okay. And – and it, it's something that it's been talked about a lot. It's it's not what you're probably thinking I'm going to talk about, but one of the worst, just just disgusting things I've ever seen on WWE programming. Mm-hmm. And even at the time, I, I was pretty young, but well, not pretty. I was I was a teenager at the time, but even I was like, this is just not right. And that was the uh, Triple H Kane uh, segment, the Katie Vick, the whole Katie Vick angle.
1: Oh, the, where he's in a funeral yeah. home?
0: Yes, he goes into the funeral home, and get, uh, he's dressed up as Cain. goes yeah. into the casket, and essentially, you know, has sex with this, you know, corpse. <sighs> and then at the end, has this, like, goop in his hand, and he goes, oh, I screwed your brains out. And I was like, I <sighs> was like, Triple H. I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't what am I supposed to do with this?
1: Yeah.
0: It's like, amazing
1: am sp- that he went through with something like that.
0: It's amazing that Vince let him get away with something like that. Oh god,
1: I remember he had Kane's mask on and everything too. And yes, was a, it was kind of a it, long it, segment, wasn't it?
0: It it was it was a solid like maybe that the video thing alone was like 5 minutes and then the whole segment <sighs> okay. itself was a triple h, you know, 15-20 minute promo. Yeah. It was just, it was disgusting, and like, sure, I definitely wanted to see Kane rip Triple H's head off at that time, right? But, but what a like, what a way
1: to to burn up some heat for for the heel
0: Triple H, huh? What a like aggressive is, is, way
1: to go. <laughs> is
0: it worth it?
1: Like, right? think it's,
0: about it. Like, is that not, you want to talk about turning people away? What if that on that day? And listen, during the Attitude Era and even the early to mid two thousands there was a lot of just uh, obscene shit that went on in the mm-hmm. WWE now. And, and some of those things, you know, like, like the Val Venus, you know, kind, uh, kind tie, uh, no, his penis. Uh, yeah. Choppy, choppy <laughs> his pee pee. Even that, it's like, yeah, that's kind of crude, but okay. I got a giggle out of that. Yeah. It's, but, but this, you know, we're talking about, you know the whole story was that Kane had this girlfriend and mm-hmm. you know they he accidentally killed her in a car crash and just for them to to take it like you could just leave it at that like you, you could just have triple h berate kane saying you know you're the reason she's dead right and you could just stop it at that and and you get the emotional impact that you that you're looking for at that point you're like you know you you're already sympathizing with Kane you're saying no he didn't it wasn't his fault it it was an accident you know he you know you need to stop blaming this on him kane you know just just it's not your fault but then you take it beyond that to a point of bas- this is the point of no return yeah you're talking about triple h then going and saying that he had sexual relations with not only a you know a, a, an unconscious woman but a dead woman Right. Like that's – like at that point, if let's say – let's say my parents came in and saw me watching that or any any kid's parents see that, guess who's never watching wrestling again? Yeah, right.
1: who's yeah? guess who's getting that fucking remote hidden from yeah. them forever? guess who's
0: getting that TV taken out of their room? Because it, it's a
1: gross scene just to watch it. I mean I remember the promo – like it, there, there could have been different ways around this, but they – you have Triple H walking into – a fucking funeral home or a church of some sort but I mean yeah. there's a coffin there and he's wearing Kane's mask and he hops into the coffin with what is presumably a dead body and he has sex with her and they go th- I mean aside from seeing him go inside her they make this seem as real as fucking possible and it's really disgusting. Like he went to
0: town on her too like right. this wasn't just a you know cut to the end it was oh let's have him you know yeah let's actually, do it. Yeah let's let's really do this guys. Oh. Just, it's
1: just to gain heat. It's really it's a cheap way, but it's probably the most disgusting way that they've ever had, especially for Triple H, man. You think that he I mean he didn't have any say back then, but why would you go want to go through with this, you know?
0: I I don't know, and I can't imagine and, and Kane had has been around for so long and yeah, I, I can't imagine that he was okay with it. Like this had to have come from the top. Like this yeah. had to have been Vince saying, No, this is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I don't care, you know, how much you object to it. I'm Vince. I'm Vincent Kennedy McMahon.
1: And you're going to bang this dead woman because we're going to put heat on you as a heel.
0: And then and at it, the end of it, we're going to have you say, I screwed your brains out.
1: And doesn't he, I don't know if he does, but I, he had something in his hands. Does so he's like, throw it at the camera or he squeezes it
0: or something? It's like, he's like, he's got, like, what's supposed to be, I guess, or brain matter and just kind of, like, lets it, like, drip from his hand. Uh, yes.
1: I'm picturing it now. I'm gonna. No, oh, don't up. do it! I need to don't do it. it! I'm
0: sorry. I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> Gross. awful booking uh, decision.
0: Yes, and but yeah, as as you can tell, I'm clearly upset by that whole segment, and it's just something that really could have killed the company and killed wrestling, the entire industry. Yeah, it
1: definitely could have taken a lot of fans out of the way, especially for younger fans whose parents are sitting, maybe sitting there watching it because they just like to watch shit with their kids, and then they see this shit and they're like. Is this what it's like all the time? And it wasn't. It was like no, a, a rare piece of, of awfulness that they're like, "This'll work. This'll really get him, Everyone mad at him, and it did because it was disgusting.
0: And uh, that, and then, then you're like, "No, trust me, mom. This is this is a one time thing." And then Vince comes <laughs> out, pulls down his pants, and makes someone kiss <laughs> his ass. Which time? Every time.
1: All of the times.
0: <laughs> every every lip has touched that ass. Gross. Anyway, yeah, that's. Sorry, I, I really, really went off, went off on that one.
1: No, it's all right. I'll, I'm going to bring you back to, bring you back around here, and I'm going to, I'm going to go with a, a bit of an awful performance. And we, I don't think we've ever really talked about this one in depth, you and I. But there was a time, in 2010, 2011, a little bit of 12, when I was watching TNA. I Uh-oh. was. There was some stuff in there that I liked mostly because it was driven by nostalgia of all those guys that were in the ring and former WWE guys and WCW guys.
0: Oh, I know exactly where you're going with this and I I
1: agree. You should know where I'm going. Yes. Because it's one of our
0: favorite guys. He is. He he's such a he
1: We both love we both love Jeff Hardy. We do. Yes.
0: Absolutely. And And love Sting for that. that Absolutely
1: absolutely love Sting. And in this instance, love Eric Bischoff for the way he made the match end and got it over with. Yes. Good love for his him. decision. What I'm talking about is Victory Road 2011, the TNA World Title. Yes, and as it was, Sting versus Jeff Hardy, and Jeff Hardy shows up to the match on a pay per view at Victory Road against the legend Sting for the title, and he is completely shit faced out of his mind unable to com- to perform in any matter. And if you, if you haven't seen this, this one is worth seeing. This will make you realize and put, put some context to how bad Jeff Hardy's life was at the time and how he had no control over some of the things he was doing. So yeah, he, okay. He was a shitty person for doing it, but this can, this one has a little bit of, of reality to wrestling and Jeff Hardy had a lot of problems with drugs and obviously alcohol abuse as well. And this was probably the key moment obviously he ended up you know he's been fired from multiple companies like TNA and WWE but he showed up to this match unable to perform whatsoever in the main event against a legend like Sting
0: yeah and uh Jeff Hardy's one of those guys that like you can't help but love he's definitely one of those guys that from the beginning when he was in the Hardy Boys you were like that's that's my guy yep if these two broke up Jeff Hardy is the guy I'm latching. Absolutely,
1: on to. You're, you're you're riding Jeff for sure, and that's why yes. he became the bigger single star in WWE.
0: Exactly, but you saw those problems start, to, you know, creep up. He he was suspended multiple times. Mm-hmm. He finally was given his world title run, and he had to give it up because he was, you know, suspended for for drugs again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it wasn't it wasn't you know like steroids or anything. He was doing the hard stuff. He was doing meth. Yeah. He was you know you know. hard marijuana is not hard stuff but he he was on he was smoking that on a regular basis and it's just one of those things where it's like you could be such a huge star you know why are you throwing this away so he gets fired from the wwe and he goes to tna and you know those problems creep up again there yeah tna give them credit they rode with them they're like you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna work through this and we're gonna keep you as you know we we know you're a big star And you're going to be the guy that brings in fans for us. And he did. Mm -hmm. I know I I watched a little bit of TNA at the time because I knew he was there. Uh, When we were uh, deployed at the time in 2011, uh, I would go on YouTube and watch the weekly TNA Impact shows. Mm -hmm. And then I saw this. I remember when this happened. Yeah. And just he couldn't even make it to the ring, bubs.
1: No, he had an issue
0: getting there. Like it was bad. He was stumbling everywhere. He was, he was just gyrating, just like slow method. It was it was so hard to watch, and you just knew. Like I remember watching this. Like this doesn't seem right. Yeah. Something about this is just not right. And then, and then you know, if you want to, you know, how, how about you like describe what happened? In the so match?
1: What, yeah, once he actually makes it down to the ring, and there's, they're they're both introduced. Hardy's. Once he got into the ring, Hardy didn't look as trash because he was, you know, he was always hopping around like literally, and always kind of charismatic and excited. But he starts flipping off the crowd at this time, which he wasn't a big thing of his to do. <laughs> no, and
0: not, not a face. A face the, uh, doesn't do that unless you're Stone Cold.
1: Yeah, then it's allowed. But Bischoff yeah. at the Bischoff knew in the back and on watching him on the way to the ring that something was wrong. So Eric Bischoff, and I've heard him talk about this on a couple of podcasts that he had, how he ha- how he didn't know how to go about it. So he just did something so that he could save anybody from actually getting hurt, especially Jeff Hardy. So he walks down to the ring and gets in the ring and cuts this impromptu random heel ass promo on some shit. And you see him walk up to Jeff Hardy to shake his hand and he puts the microphone down. And they had the camera on him for about a second or two longer than they probably wanted to because you see him whisper into Jeff Hardy's ear. What's actually going to happen? Then he walks over to Sting and intentionally does it. And you can see that this does not look right really whatsoever. Like, Eric Bischoff is obviously saying words to these guys about what's going to happen without the microphone to his to his mouth. And he cuts a little little promo. Sting hits him in the face. He rolls him out of the ring. And the match actually goes... I just looked this up so that I could make sure I wasn't lying. And The match lasted from, from bell to bell a minute and 28 seconds. So... The goal was for Jeff Hardy to go down as soon as possible so that no one got hurt. and Sting had to actually fight with him for you know about a minute and 20 of this before hitting him with the, the reverse DDT and forcibly making him stay down to pin. And Jeff Hardy was pissed off at the ending because he tried to kick out. but <laughs> yes. and, and he, you, you can see him actually kick out at two but Sting is forcibly like, laying all of his weight on his shoulders and lifting his legs up so that he gets the three count and the ref counts it to a three. Brian Heppner, by the way. do what are the odds. Right. <laughs> Get in there, Heppner. Uh. And then it ends, and you can see both of them are obviously pissed off. Jeff Hardy is looking intoxicated. Sting is pissed at him. So you can, in some of the unedited videos you can find on YouTube, you can hear him saying some shit about how they're both disappointed and how Sting's pissed at him and all this shit. And it was really sad to see. I didn't see the pay-per-view live. I did see it a week later, I remember. Yes. Because people had talked about it, and TNA did not edit the, the ending. And it's, it's just sad to see that a main event, a notice qualification match for the TNA World Heavyweight Championship, goes a minute and 28 seconds with, with two top guys because Jeff Hardy is just out of his mind. And it's, it's sad.
0: It, it is. And it, it's hard to – and if you're TNA, like you have to be like, wow – we, how, how can we even think about competing with a WWE yeah. – how, how can you even think about competing with an ROH at the time if, if you're having your top star show up intoxicated and drunk and, and your main event of uh, Victory Road, which is one of their biggest pay-per-views of the entire year?
1: Yep. It's I think second glory. only to Bound for
0: Glory, really. Yeah, Bound for Glory is there. WrestleMania, yeah. Victory Road is like there. You know, SummerSlam, Rumble yeah. or, or SummerSlam, mm-hmm. and you know you have your main event just ruined by uh, a fool. You know, yeah. someone who you know has zero disregard for anyone other than his himself. And you know, kudos to like you say, kudos to Bischoff for you know making a decision and sticking with it. And you know, he didn't just pull you know the plug on it like cut the cut cut the lights, cut the equipment. You know, let's get out of here. Let's just mm-hmm. end this. You know, because a lot of people could have been like, hey, you know, this match was advertised. You know, you know, we want our money back. Right. He's like, hey, we're gonna have this match, but hey, Sting, you're gonna you're gonna take this win and you're gonna take it quick.
1: You know, you're gonna hold his ass down. Yeah. Hardy, Hardy, whether or not he heard Bischoffs tell him what to do. He obviously didn't care because he honestly kicked out at two. <laughs> Hepner had, had to count. So it's it's sad watching the, the the match because
0: Sting is a legend. How could you do that to him?
1: Yeah, you can't do that to a guy like that. And it's it's even sadder. And I consider this, you know, one of the worst moments because it's it's a match that could have been it could have been great. These guys could have done something. Pretty good, and Sting was still at an age where he was still able to to put on a pretty good match like this. But yeah. Hardy was just beaten by his his demons, lack of a better word, I guess. You're right, and yeah. and couldn't do it. And it's just so sad. But he has since recovered.
0: He has, uh, they're, brother they're Nero well. has been. Yes, good old brother Nero has been on uh, the straight and narrow with uh, with the whole bra- <laughs> bracken broken <laughs> Matt heart. <laughs> Man, this drink is really getting to me, but Broken, broken. Yeah, broken. the broken Matt Hardy gimmick. Uh, I'm Jeff Hardying it up right now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no. that, that gimmick's been working for the last year. So good for them. Oh, made my gimmick that of the is year, probably, huh? That is probably the most over gimmick in wrestling right now. Probably. He's not. He's definitely not the most over person in wrestling right now. But that the bro, the broken Matt Hardy and brother nero stuff that they're doing is definitely the most over gimmick in all of wrestling. When when that shit that they're doing from TNA, which is complete trash now. Like I T-shirt think is complete trash. I think
1: and I think Ring of Honor is still going down, but I, I I mean WWE, Japan, then Ring of Honor, then maybe what culture and then TNA.
0: Yes. So What Culture has been doing a fantastic job of really solidifying themselves as, hey, you don't you don't want to watch WWE. You don't really want to watch Japan. Yeah, we're we're an easy come watch our shit. Yeah, yeah, we're on YouTube. Find come us on the us. fucking internet. <laughs> yeah, they know their market, and they are fucking. They're hitting it with everything that it's worth. Right. And good what for was, them.
1: What I was saying though is, since TNA is becoming crap, and even though they have a lot of good stars on that on that brand, still that gimmick when it's since it's transitioning its way into WWE, when fans are chanting the delete to shit, yeah. and you're seeing signs like. That's when you know I think something is working. When you're at a at a shit brand, and I'm sorry to say that because I hate TNA now, but that stuff is working and it's finding its way onto like mega pay per views on WWE. Yeah.
0: And and you know, good for Jeff Hardy that that. Well, actually, it's probably good for Matt Hardy to, Matt, for yeah. bringing his his brother through mm-hmm. those dark times and you know helping find a something that he can latch onto. And really get behind and put all of his focus on, and it takes his focus off of you know some of the things that you know would would bring him down. And, and a and a clean Jeff Hardy is is a great Jeff Hardy. It's and a it's great Jeff Hardy Hall of Fame Jeff Hardy. We and that's the Jeff Hardy we want. It's a Jeff Hardy we deserve, and that's a Jeff Hardy he deserves to be.
1: hmm. I pr- I pray that, and even though I hate I hate that WWE is such a mega power, but I hate. I'd love to see them come back for one more little run. That pop would be huge, man.
0: And they can come back as Broken Matt Hardy and Brother Nero. Bring it. Yeah. I mean, WWE would most likely want them for the nostalgia just to uh-huh. be the Hardy brothers. But Because that's the same thing they did with the Dudleys. Uh, instead of bringing in Bully Ray, they brought back Bubba Ray and Devon. Yeah.
1: The nostalgia Bully Ray,
0: didn't last long with them, unfortunately. No, but. no I, I think they really could have broke off Bubba Ray into Bully Ray yes. and had a pretty good singles run. But I think if they brought back the Hardys, they'll most likely bring them back as the Hardys, but I think they should bring them back as this broken gimmick because it's so over, it's so huge, and i will just bring in even more people to the product. Meek Man. <laughs> Vince Meek Man.
1: Uh, we, we started talking about happy stuff right there let's let's knock it off let's yeah let's, let's get let's back sw- to this let's swing back around what do you got for me
0: I know this is something I've told you I don't want to talk about on the show ever and you're doing this now I'm gonna do this now okay I'm ready okay this is something that I've told you and that that I didn't want to talk about ever Ooh. and it's something that you know I I've told you I don't even want to bring him up. Love it, love that we're doing this right now. And you've told me, you go, and you've told me before, hey, I need you to cool off on him, and I said no. This is a stance that I'm going to take, and I'm not going to back off. But with this topic, it's hard, almost impossible, not to. And and this this is gonna this is gonna suck for me. Having to talk about this because this is someone that I loved, okay. I looked up to. He was my he was my inspiration as a kid. This this was this was my ultimate guy. Before there was Daniel Bryan. Before I latched on to Shawn Michaels, I watched WCW and there was Chris Benoit. The crippler Chris Benoit, baby. We're doing it.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: And and I, I hate this, I hate that I have to. But this topic is perfect for it because this is, in my opinion, and this is probably going to be my last my last topic I bring up. Okay. Because in my opinion, this is the absolute worst thing that has ever ever happened to wrestling. Because not only did this p- put a black eye to the WWE. This put a black eye on all of the wrestling industry because of the issues that it brought up. The uh, situation that happened itself was just such a dark and disturbing and disgusting situation, just a disgusting act. But it was on someone who brought so much joy and love to wrestling fans for, for over two decades. And it's something that's... You know, because was it because of wrestling that this happened? Now I I know I'm talking a lot, but let let me go into the situation. And of course, you know, if you're listening to this, you're most likely a hardcore wrestling fan, and you already know what I'm talking about. But if you don't, if you somehow happened onto our show, thank you for listening. And also, I'm talking about the Chris Benoit situation from uh, 2007. Am I correct? Yes, I'm pretty sure it was 2007. Yes, um, and it was where he, you know, he he was supposed to be at this event. Uh, I believe it was the pay per view. Actually, he was supposed to be at. He wasn't there. Yeah. They 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 go and they look for him. They search for him. They find him at his house. Found him, his his wife, who was woman in ECW. That's right, Nancy Benoit, uh, and and their son had died, and later it came out that it was Chris himself that had uh, committed a uh, double murder suicide so really that that brings a lot and, and that that brought a lot of negative attention to not only the WWE and it brought horrible attention to the WWE but it also brought really terrible publicity to wrestling. In general, because this is someone who had been wrestling for for over you know twenty years, and you find out that you know his brain was essentially mush whenever yeah. this happened, it was equivalent to an eighty-year-old dementia patient, is uh, from from the reports that you know we've seen have come out, and you know it's such a such, such a disgusting uh, act that happened that I am one of those rare times that when WWE, WWE takes a super hard stance on something i am 100 percent behind him on it okay yeah yeah i really i know i really went went off on that one well no uh, I, I, go ahead. i'm i'm real excited we're actually
1: doing this i didn't think we were actually going to do it
0: um, I, I know but i i think that with this topic it's just it, okay it, it's good to just get this out of the way now and so i never yeah. have to
1: Aside from aside from talking about him and other uh, like paper reviews that we'll do, we'll probably never talk about him again. So this is good. Um, this is probably, and I 100 agree with you. This is the single worst incident to ever happen wrestling related in the history of any type of wrestling. This really kickstarted the CTE movement, which got bigger later with the NFL because you talked about his brain being mush. Yeah, he was an he was not himself whatsoever, and along with. The steroid use and drug use. This started a lot of stuff. I am able, though, to turn off the bad shit that happened. And I'm able to completely look, completely look at Chris Benoit from the light that he was one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And though I hate bringing up Dave fucking Meltzer, when Meltzer considers him a top 10 of all time, I think there's something to be, to be said about that. So...
0: Well, I'm not denying that the man himself was a fantastic wrestler. Oh, like yeah. I said, he was definitely my guy growing I'm, up. That's why I'm saying. I'm
1: saying that to say that, that that this made the situation all that much worse, and it makes it still just as bad today that professional wrestling will never talk about it because of such a, the black eye that it gave and all the negative shit that happened because of it, because it is the single worst thing that we've ever seen as wrestling fans. And I I do not agree when you see people saying that the worst thing they ever did was do a Chris Benoit tribute thing on Monday Night Raw. Well, no, that's that's not true at all. They didn't know the details of what happened. The man should have had a longer fucking tribute show to his honor.
0: Oh, and, and that's something I'm not going to argue with you on, because at the time, we didn't know. The, 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 we didn't have any of that information out. Yeah. And I remember... Just sitting there waiting, <clears throat> excuse me, waiting for that episode to start because you know when I, when I found because I was at work at the time I was working at a uh, you know at a summer camp, at a summer church camp at the time, and someone had come out and said, "Hey, Chrispin, they, they found Crispin Juan and his family dead," and so you know first thing I thought was like, "I need to watch wrestling on Monday to find out." You know what happened, and you know they did the memorial show, which they absolutely should have, yes, because at the time you didn't know. Now, a lot of people will probably say, just like with the Owen Hart thing, uh, you know, they maybe should have waited to make a decision on that until there was more information Mm -hmm. uh, because just because of the situation itself, and you you hear that the entire family is dead, yeah, so so maybe they should have waited, but really, they, they made the right decision for the information that they had at the time because you ha- you have to because you have a show happening that day. Yeah. That night like and you just lost one of your, you know, top guys and a guy that's been there for for so many years. People aren't going to be in their right frame of mind. Yeah, You have to bring it up. So yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. This was all. also
1: huge because at the time, if you remember, they had just done a video package the week prior to this, I think, of Vince McMahon killing off yes. his character, and
0: he's yeah, involved. that was supposed to be the big thing. Can you imagine
1: where where would the angle have gone? You know, that's something I've always thought about. Like when when the fuck would we have seen Vince again? Like what were they doing? It's so interesting. But Vince cuts it off, and he comes out, and he's in an empty arena on Monday Night Raw, and you know he, he's very blunt about how he was supposed to be killed. His character was supposed to be killed off, but reality of wrestling is set in, and they've lost Chris Benoit, and they did the package. On him, which was, which was great, and it's just, and then it's such an effect to this day that it's been 10, fuck, it's been 10 years almost. Yeah, 10, that, god damn, it's that, been that, 10 years. That this has happened, and we still don't talk about it, but we talk about it. Everybody does. Yeah. You talk about it, but you're not allowed yes. to talk about it, so.
0: Exactly. I don't
1: know, I think that might last for a long time. We're never going to see him in the Hall of Fame, and it's unfortunate. Absolutely
0: not, absolutely not, that he it, will it, never he will never be in the hall
1: of fame he will not but he uh, will be one of the greatest wrestlers of all time whether or not that means anything to anybody anymore because of what he did that's up to your opinion but it's just so sad man
0: it, it is and then you know the the information did come out you know that next day and that next day was smackdown yeah and so they had a special airing of smackdown where you know Vince came out and said this is the last time I'm ever going to mention Chris Benoit. We yeah. had the memorial about him. Uh, this is what happened. This is the information we have. And from this moment on, you will never hear another reference of him ever again. And to their credit. And this is what I've said when, when WWE stick, you know, find something to really stick their feet into,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, a lot of times I don't agree with it, you know, especially with like, you know, the CM Punk situation. Yeah. Uh but this is one of those things that you just you have to look at it from their point of view and go, you know, they're right. I, I would, if I was them, I would never mention Chris Benoit, and I would never put him in the Hall of Fame, thinking purely from a business point of view. Because imagine yeah. the publicity, the negative business that that would create if you put someone like that. Like sure, and, and don't get me wrong. The things he's done in the wrestling industry are, are almost unmatched
1: <laughs> from
0: his time in Japan, uh, working in ECW as the shooter, the shooter Chris Benoit. Or yeah. was, I think that was that him and right. D Yeah, had weird names. Anyway, uh, and his work in WCW and then coming to WWE and becoming a main event guy and, and being part of one of the greatest WrestleMania main events Ever. of all time. Yeah. And we—it's something we've talked about before. Such a great match, and you know he absolutely deserves to be in some kind of pro wrestling hall of fame. Mm-hmm. But to be in a WWE Hall of Fame and a company that—that that it's a public company, company that really cares about its public image and really stands with a lot of the, uh, uh, you know, public and social stances going on in the in the world it's definitely in their best interest that they just wipe their hands clean of the situation, wipe their hands clean of yeah. Chris Benoit and then call it a day.
1: And he'll always be remembered for that, that moment when he made triple H tap and you see Eddie triple come in. Triple H of all people. Yeah. He, and Eddie comes into the ring and they have that moment. And also, and this is actually leading to my next thing. Cause I'm going to talk about Eddie Guerrero. Um, when you see Chris Benoit's face on the raw tribute show, to Eddie Guerrero yes. after Eddie Guerrero died when he's literally sobbing like a goddamn child. It's one of those things that's just so sad to to see. And he'll always be remembered for I, – I can remember him for the good things. I really can. I can turn out that negative shit and just remember everything prior to 2007. But I understand how other people I, can. I'm glad
0: you can, Bubs. but that, that's just something. I wish I could.
1: Yep. I really do. Most people can't, but that's going to lead me to where I'm going here. I'm going to
0: talk about Eddie Guerrero real quick. And okay. Good because, well, good as in he's someone that you can really latch to and really really feel good about everything that he's done in the wrestling industry. Mm-hmm. He's someone that even in his, even you know after he's passed, he's someone you can you know really look to.
1: Yeah, Eddie Guerrero, when he died in 2005, I don't remember when it was in 2005, but when he died, it it really did take everybody a little bit by storm, I guess. It was out of nowhere because he died of heart failure and no one was ready for it. And, you know, he was still performing at a at a peak level. And if you're if you follow a bunch of wrestling pages on on the goddamn internet, you always see the match against Mr. Kennedy on the SmackDown because it's it's Eddie's last match in the ring before he died. And it's something that I think everyone will always remember because the guy got over by being a goddamn cheater, man. So for, yes. for people to latch on to the guy for literally cheating in the ring but being a face about it, you got to say Lying, cheating, says, and stealing. says something about the guy's, the guy's character and his charisma and his ability to wrestle because he was a great wrestler too. Oh, my God. He was even better. And I don't, I'm not taking anything away from his title run that he had by beating Lesnar, but he was better in WCW. When he was a cruiserweight and he was better as a mid-card guy in the ring because you really saw a lot of his talent against some of those dudes that were equal sizes to him. And it's great to see him beat guys like JBL and fucking um, Brock Lesnar for the title. But the dude was literally amazing, and Kurt and, Angle
0: at WrestleMania, and that, yeah, that's right—he took his boot off. <laughs> yes. that's, that's one of my favorite. <laughs> that's one of my favorite moments of his. Is you you, you start to see, see those wheels turning, and he un- unties his boot, and I was just like, first thing that popped in my head was like. He's gonna have him go for. The, he's gonna faint him for the ankle lock, mm-hmm. and he's gonna pull that boot off that sneaky motherfucker, that dirty
1: cheating sob. And there he goes, up to death. Win. Oh god, the boot's gone. That's oh yes. And he did that. Th- we we talked about this because we reviewed WrestleMania, <laughs> yes. and he rolled him oh, up into yeah. that aggressive ass small package, and he beat the Kurt Angle, most
0: aggressive small package ever.
1: But. Um, it, it, it was so sad because everybody loved him, and the way that they did the raw tribute show to him is still sad to see to this day, man. All those people yeah. up there, a lot of them wearing shirts, the poppy shirt, and people crying. It's just, it was so out of nowhere, and you, you hate to lose a guy like that who's the top of the card at the time, man.
0: Well, and- you, you look at just how much impact this person had. His his passing led to you know Ray Mysterio getting a main event push. Uh, you know, look at you know even nowadays you see a lot of people that have been influenced by uh, Rey Mysterio. Sasha Banks is someone who has said that you know her favorite wrestler and her biggest influence uh, in wrestling was Eddie Guerrero. Mm-hmm. And there's just so many people that are like you know this guy was someone that not only did I look up to, but he's someone I wanted to emulate just because you know not only was he you know one of the most charismatic guys in the business he was not only was he one of the best wrestlers in the business uh, especially like you said during his wcw days those cruiserweight matches were some of the greatest matches you know in Mm -hmm. wrestling at that time uh but just you you see the impact he had as a person like look at vicky guerrero look at the career she had just because of how her Mm -hmm. husband was Ugh. And she carried on she was able to carry on her legacy. or he, she was able to carry on his legacy for right. years and years afterwards. And it was because of the impact that he had on the business that she was able to last so long in her role. Right. And she was amazing. She was one of the best heels of all time. She's a great I said girl. this on Twitter. She she liked it, retweeted it. That's you know, right. thanks Vicky. Love you Vicky. Appreciate You're amazing. You, Vicky. Good looking out. Yeah. Her. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, it's because of just the kind of person that Eddie was. I've never heard anyone say a bad thing about him. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have, but I know I never have.
1: And I I don't want to sound like an asshole by saying this, but when a guy like Eddie dies, uh, a high-profile guy, it brought a lot of attention to wrestling in that. In a good way. Yes, and from a bad way because they also started talking about the lack of the wellness policy Yes, and, and all the steroid use, which 100% contributed to Eddie's death. Yeah, I, there's no way it didn't. You are an asshole. Yeah, but I, I'm saying that because had somebody say, – say some random lower card guy died or somebody well, from when another test brand. died. Okay, so when Tess died, good example. Did anybody really give a fuck and did anybody do anything about it? When
0: Tess died, my thought was, oh, I remember him. Yep, he was going to get a big push, because he was. Yeah, He was. Good old Triple H put a stop to that. Yeah, a
1: little shovel. But exactly, so when he died, did anybody really care? Well, no. no, A lot of diehard wrestling fans died. Crash Holly died. Crash Holly died, right. So maybe Super TNA fans cared that, that Tess died. But Eddie Guerrero dies, and now there's a lot more attention paid by fucking people like Sports Illustrated. And by all these people who are looking for like, well, are these people taking specific steroids? Where's the wellness policy? I mean, is any of this actually happening? And because of things like this, there's good that comes of it. There's good that comes from a guy like Eddie Passing because he may have saved (laughs) countless lives because of the testing that goes on now for substance abuse and for um, performance enhancers.
0: Exactly. And, you know, yeah, like I said – you know, while you were bringing up this point, it did bring a lot of you know eyes positive because they were like, you know, I loved Eddie Guerrero. Let me watch, you know, this tribute. See, you know, what's going on. But like you said, there was a lot of negative attention. But because of that negative attention, I think a lot of good has happened uh, because of the wellness policy.
1: Absolutely true. We're,
0: we have definitely seen really a disappearance of active wrestlers in the WWE dying and passing away, you know, because back in the, you know, nineties and and early two thousands, that's something you saw a lot of. You saw it with uh, Brian Pillman. Yeah. He died at, you know, way too young of an age. Eddie Guerrero died at too young of an age. Uh, There's other, you know, I brought up crash Holly, just a lot of people that, you know, you don't really think about because, you know they weren't that big star, like an Eddie Guerrero. But it takes someone—it—it it sucks, and, and like you said, it, it kind of—you kind of feel like an asshole for bringing it up. But it takes someone of a high profile like an Eddie Guerrero to bring that kind of light onto the situation. Right, and, and they you- needed.
1: It. Since you and I are both like really like emotional about a lot of shit in wrestling, yeah. <laughs> this, this stuff really actually affects us. I think that's why we both – that's w- probably why you brought up Benoit and that's why I wanted to bring up Eddie Guerrero for sure because guys dying that are you know great It's the ultimate
0: emotional just – Because it's like, real.
1: It's not – there's no fucking KK, it man. It's fucking the, – the dude died because he honestly probably took way too many – drugs in his life and tried to get his body to such a peak level to perform for us that his body quit on him. That's fucking exactly. sad to think
0: about. It, it absolutely is sad that his like you said, his body just, just shut down, literally shut down on him mm-hmm. due to the amount of activity and punishment he put on his body and also on the substances that were put into his body and then, you know, it's I, I hate talking about this Especially with someone about Eddie Guerrero, but there was definite—you know—you can tell that there was some kind of, you know, substance abuse going on, and yeah. just just the way that his body was, him and Benoit, you could tell that, yeah, you know, that they were putting something into their body to manufacture that kind of, you know, performance that they were putting their bodies through.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, with going back to the the Benoit situation, you know, hearing. You know all the reports about what his brain was like, and then, you know, with I know that the Benoit thing was the last thing I I, I said I was the last thing I was going to talk about, but this kind of coincides with it uh, when Daniel Bryan retired.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It a lot of it had, or it completely had to do not only with his body failing him, but with his brain failing him.
1: Right.
0: And it's something that you know, yes, I would absolutely love. To see my guy, Daniel Bryan, come back and wrestle. But I have such a strong fear of a second Chris Benoit situation happening. Right. That I want him to be as far away from competing in a ring as possible. Just because he's got so much going on for him and his future. He's got a family. He's having a little baby. I don't want to see that. Nope. The last thing I want is a second Crispin Ois situation. And even though and they so, have
1: they've built up this him versus Miz thing amazingly well to the point oh, where you're so like good. you're like, oh my God, this could be WrestleMania. Like they've done that amazingly well and they haven't touched each other. But I don't want to see him step foot in the ring in ring gear ever again for the fact that he could fucking die or he could become so injured and immobilized that he can't play with his kid. Cause that that baby's gonna be all over fucking the internet because Brie Bella is already so dear God yeah,
0: that kid is going to be huge yeah. that kid's already over and it's yeah, not. it's anymore. super over and listen being a dad myself you're a dad now babies yes if I couldn't and and being back because I, I you know if, if you've been listening since the beginning I've, I've been in Afghanistan for the last seven months being back here in the states with my daughter And being able to hold her and run around and play with her is one of the greatest joys that I have in my life, period, bar none. There is nothing that I enjoy more than being with my child and being able to do stuff with her. And I'm sure you feel the same way. Right. I don't want to ever see someone not have that opportunity when it's easily avoidable. All they have to do is just – I I know it sucks. He has to give up the one thing he's always wanted to do and the one thing he's been amazing at his entire life, but there's so many repercussions that can happen for for pushing yourself too far, and and unfortunately, we've already seen what could happen. Yeah.
1: Hopefully he continues in some role, and probably after the baby for a while. He definitely needs to step away once that baby comes, and it'd be interesting to see where we get general manager-wise for that and Raw so it's a, It'll be good to see. But absolutely, well said, Bubs. Maybe one day he'll be uh, maybe managing a Bingo Hall or something. Or something.
0: <laughs> get the, get the fuck out of down here. Down the
1: road, he could maybe start his own little <laughs> band of uh, Bingo Hall Wrestling.
0: I oh my god, I hate you. I'm sorry. The, I'm sorry. The BH BHW. Yeah, come on down. in <laughs> <laughs> the BH. I hate you so much. Uh. But you know, I I think this has been a very very good talk we've had bubs very very rejuvenating and very emotional just not only emotionally draining but i think it's been good to get some of this off of our chest i do want to add a, a
1: quick little plug for uh some vince mcmahon awful booking that we definitely yeah, could have go talked ahead. about like maybe go pretending that um his wife is uh, euthanized in some way at WrestleMania, and having Linda McMahon in a trance because she's super drugged uh, up, while he makes out with Trish Stratus and making Trish Stratus. I think she barked at one point and was treated like yes, a yes. He
0: made her get down on her on all fours and bark like a dog.
1: And I actually just thought about this one because I hadn't, I couldn't remember who who I, was, who I was thinking about, but the angle of the storyline between Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. Where oh, Ray, over Ray
0: Mysterio's where son? Rey's
1: son is part of this, this dispute, yes. and legal custody is brought into this. I'm like, that's just fucking awful. There's a point where you don't bang fucking dead people, and <laughs> you don't talk about like legal custody of a child. No, so, you don't. There's a lot more we could talk about, Vince. Obviously, I just wanted to plug those real quick, but this has been real good. It's been really, emotional. But you know –
0: you know what, Bubs? We will definitely—that is definitely a topic that in a future episode we I definitely want to cover. And you know, I, I affectionately refer to it as "damn it, Vince" moments. Damn it, Vince. and I definitely think that's something that we should explore further on. And if that's something you want to hear us explore in the future, please, please let us know, as yeah, I mean, we would love to delve into some horrible horrible human things that Vince has done send
1: us your list of 200 things because we'll have our own (laughs) list of about 200 that show will be about 4 hours long Yeah. so that'll be a lot of editing on my part but we will that'll be our most grossing
0: one
1: (laughs) (laughs) we have to review every episode of Raw and Smackdown from 94 and up
0: thank god for the network right
1: right we'll plug it away
0: All right, well, I I think this has been a very good discussion. Very good to get some of the stuff off of her chest, talking about some of the very worst moments In uh, wrestling history. If there are some moments that you feel we should have discussed, or just some moments that you feel are in your mind the worst wrestling moments of all time, please go ahead and let us know. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, just uh, search Collar and Elbow Wrestling. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at CAE Wrestling. We're also on Instagram. And uh, if you're listening to us on either iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, Thank you for listening and downloading. Uh, we're also on those other locations that I mentioned, uh, whichever one you're listening to. And, and please, please tell your friends about us if you enjoyed what you listened to. Even if you didn't enjoy it, tell your friends you want to you know, play a trick on them. Make them listen to us. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll take all the downloads that listen, we can get. Listen to those
1: crappy dudes who talk about some <laughs> shitty wrestling on their
0: yes, bullshit podcast. Exactly. And uh, like it subscribe, get, get those auto downloads going. Join in the conversation. We love talking wrestling with each other, with everybody. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. We'd love to talk to you guys. As always, we do this for the love of wrestling and together we can make wrestling great again.